Welcome to Real Money Talks. Real strategies from the money makers and the world changers that you can use to make millions, keep those millions, multiply your wealth, and build your team. Here's your host, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View, Laurel Langmire. You know, before Gravy Stack, just a little history for you guys, all you guys was fun is I had this program with my kids called Never Pay Your Kids an Allowance. So instead of missions and gigs, I called them tasks. So now they're missions and gigs and we're all involved in it. And so it's been what I've been doing for decades with my kids. And then my daughter's 17 and she's not a babysitter. She's a nanny. So all of you, you make more money as a nanny. And, and uh, she has a new thing, Scott, you guys will love this. So she's like, mom, okay, I have, I have to get some pricing right because I was supposed to only babysit one kid and then there was two kids and then there was two dogs and one's a puppy that pooped all over the house. And she's like, do I get paid more for all this? She's like, I haven't cleaned enough poop. <laughs> oh, so I love it. It's been fun for I her love to it. negotiate like- what do I do, mom? Oh, and then she, they called and said, oh, I'm supposed to do all their dishes. I said, well, you were supposed to just babysit the one kid and it went to this huge task. So it was fun watching her negotiate 15 an hour to getting what really 20 and then what ended up being 25, like as a tip. So she walked out with like hundred, hundred bucks for a couple hours. And she's like, <laughs> I said, you got to ask, you know, and a lot of people, I think that's a big point. You know, I know we're going to talk more about some investing things today, but you got to encourage your kids to ask. They're so shy and they want you to do all the work. And it's like, I'm not, I'm not calling and negotiating your rate. Here's, here's your ideas. Now go back and renegotiate your pay because your day did not end up like what you thought it was going to be. It was fun. If you have fun with it, I think you're going to love and enjoy this. Yeah. So I'll just do final intro and then let's just launch into this, Laurel. Your Laurel's amazing. So I literally, I'm at a zone event right now. I was supposed to speak right now (laughs) and I had them push me because I was like, yeah, no, I'm going on this with Laurel because Laurel is one of the premier like world leaders in actually thinking through making your kids millionaires and investing. And actually she's got masterminds for adults. Like she and I train adults all over the world. But the beauty of what we get to do today is distill the thinking and distill the information down for kids. And I think what Laurel and I have found, this is why we connected in the first place years ago, that if you can clearly communicate to children, the parents also clearly understand it for perhaps the first time. Like, I think that's what so many people don't understand is like, we're here to talk about like how to be rock star parents and raise incredible kids with an unfair advantage. But if this whole process helps us as parents, it helps us get clear on our goals and our businesses and our jobs and our families and our bills and our growth and our investing. And so what I, what I'm pumped about today is, you know, Laurel, you've trained the, the, the world's best in investing, the world's best. But what we get to do today is distill the information down on how do you help a kid think through this so that they have a lifetime of investing and compounding interest and delayed gratification. So that's the conversation that we'll have today. I'm going to give you the reins and I'll just like jump in and keep asking questions to you, but you lead the charge here. So first thing I want to ask you here is, um, was there a moment like with your kids, like what was this investing light bulb moment? that you realized maybe in your past seeing other people or with your children, what was the light bulb moment for them that really moved that needle? Uh, I will never forget the light bulb moment. So I want to back up a little bit too and just put another kind of banner on this. Is in 1999, January 8th, I knew that I was going to be a mom. He didn't want to be a dad. And uh, so I knew I went into parenting as a single parent. 
saying, okay, well, how am I going to do this myself? So in September, I had him. In June, I hit my millionaire status. So I had a lot going on that was great. But in 1999, I was like, oh my gosh, I got to roll up my sleeves and I got to get to it because I, I'm not going to be a broke single mom or play the victim game a lot of single parents play. So I also, I just, I bring that to the, the forefront because I think a lot of parents that, you know, aren't blessed like Travis and Scott to have, you know, those kind of families. Um, it's just, it's different. It's different when you're single and when you're doing it, you know, whether you're a woman or man, just a single person doing it. So that light bulb moment, Scott, because I, how, what I did is I was the rich dad, poor dad. At that point, I was the cash flow distributor for uh, the, a master distributor for the game. So I was traveling all over doing game nights for Robert and Sharon. And I had a huge database because they didn't do coaching. I did coaching. And so I wanted to teach adults. And to your point, um, I do. I want to really strengthen that point about uh, what I call integration, because uh, Integrated Wealth Systems is the name of my company. And the reason I have integration is a lot of reasons, is if you can't speak it, you don't know it. Mm. And what we don't want it through Gravy Stack or anything that I do is the parent to just regurgitate or agree, say, oh, I agree with Laurel. I agree with Travis. I agree with No, make it come out of your mouth. Because then you know you understand it. If you can't speak it, you don't understand it, which means your kids won't understand it. So a conversation about money is critical. And what I love about Gravy Stack is it forces that conversation by the way they're going to have, you know, their little debit cards and they're going to get all this, you know, and the way they're going to do it. And also the save is my word for invest is another you know thing that we do. So I was a real estate millionaire is how I hit it. And so I went to Oklahoma City and some guys that I hired to mentor me when I first got pregnant said, we're going to go raise capital. And I'm like, I've never raised capital. I mean, this is all new to me too, right? So I was in the forefront of, oh my gosh, I just have to do this differently. And so we bought so many apartments. I mean, we raised $16 million and all of us became millionaires in less than six months. But I was taught by great, great mentors on how to like go that fast and go that big. Like I didn't know how to do that. But I remember then we started rehabbing all these apartments and these projects. And Logan was then probably one or two, Scott, to your moment, my aha moment. And he was sitting in a diaper and we were sitting at the apartment and all of us were staying in the different apartments while we were rehabbing this apartment. And I remember putting some paper down and I just sat him next to the curb with a whole can of paint and he just like splattered everywhere. And then I moved him into the one of the apartments and he painted part of the walls and my partners are going, I said, we're going to paint over it. We're just giving him something to do. He still remembers like, I mean, I even three, four and five, like he loves painting. He loves trades. He loves hanging out. He loves the apartments that have pools. Can he go swimming afterward as a little reward? So I just included him. Like, what is it going to do? Like sit home. I mean, I had him with me. I lived in California. I didn't live in Oklahoma. So I remember that moment vividly in Logan's like zero to five because yeah. he was always hanging out, painting rehab apartments with me. I <laughs> love it. His little pants. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's so good. I mean, what we do with our kids is so much more important than what we do for them. Like you just yeah. nailed it. Yeah. And I think so much of Gravy Stack's mission is bring your kids along on these skills, on these habits, on these disciplines, and the earlier, the better. So I, I love that story. That makes me yeah. so yeah. happy. Well, and I you think did this all the way through their childhood. I mean, you, yeah. you gave them responsibilities. You gave them opportunities, you gave them jobs and you gave them things and gigs all throughout their childhood. Yep. What were, what did you see was like the best strategies to, to implement with them as they were growing? Uh, well, the, the first like four or five, and I know a lot of people, which, you know, 
say it's too young, but we traveled all over the world. I mean, because I was, you know, on planes. So I would intentionally keep and talk about money. Like I'd have like Logan, you know, and Evan Tristan, as she came along, um, I would have them, you know, hold the different money, touch the different money. What is money? Just buy stuff, right? I mean, it helps you transact in the world. You have to have it. It's not this thing to be scared of. So each of my kids to this day have safes with little bags of money from all over the world, from the South African ran to like the old Lira, when it when Italy had that, like now they have euros. So my kids have little bits of money that we never cashed in from all over the world just to see world money and that money's nothing some to be feared. So I brought money. People are like, yeah, but they could have swallowed the coin. I'm like, did you let them play with the Play-Doh knife? They didn't kill themselves with a knife. I mean, it's just people have the weirdest thinking about money. So I, I started a lot of that in the beginning. And then we started talking about real estate. I always use real estate as an example. And so we would drive through town, even as little kids. And I'd say, you know, somebody owns every piece of real estate and your goal is to own as much as you can. And they said, well, what would you do with it? And then I said that the people pay you to live in there. Well, why don't people buy it? Well, they either can't afford it or they can't get a loan. I said, so we provide housing and we provide, you know, office space and one point I went to the gym. And so you just explain like, that's kind of common sense. Like people have to live somewhere. The other thing, one of my, my next ones, like between six and seven, as I bought a laundromat and you talk about a fun investment because they're not that expensive to buy. You can get them for a couple hundred thousand dollars. Um, and by the way, you can go to your bank and get very traditional loans for them. So it's easy peasy. You don't need a lot to get into them. And then once a week we would go down and we would empty every, you know, little washer and dryer. And then we added a vending machine. And I was like, well, do we get to eat the candy and gum? No, no, <laughs> we're not eating. It's not, it's not for your consumption. People are going to pay for it. Why don't they buy their own? So it's just, it's sort of a natural conversation of why don't people buy their own stuff? And it's like, well, because it's convenient, right? And so we just kept adding kind of assets like that. And then when, when Tristan was eight, Logan was probably 15, 16. By then we did a pizzeria. So I always do little things that were concentric. So I love that they would go in and they're like, no, we own the pizzeria. And I love that ownership, the pride they had. They would have their birthday parties there and the kids would get back there. And I let all the kids make pizzas. And then we that's when we started talking about cost of goods and margins. So we just included them. I just included them in everything I did because what I was going to do, have you know, not that I didn't have a nanny, I did um, because I traveled a lot and I was on stages a lot, um, but they went with us. I mean, they were just part of our family. Like, this is how we're going to roll and this is what we did. And th they didn't know any different. And so, like, we've never gone on a vacation. Oh, I have to tell you this story. This is the funniest one. Logan's five years old. We get home from Hawaii. I spoke at a big real estate conference. Um, I think it was a Tony Robbins conference or something. I don't know. And uh, it was so funny. He puts his little hands on his hips. In kindergarten, he said, mommy, I've had the worst day. I said, what happened? He said, he said, well, people asked me, I went on a vacation. He said, I didn't even know the word. I said, well, because you're never going to go on a vacation. He said, well, what is a vacation? I'm sorry to say, I said, it's what broke people do. I said, business people go on business trips. But that's what I told them. I went on a business trip, but they laughed at me and they didn't know. And they kept asking what vacation to Hawaii. <laughs> anyway, so it's, it's going to be different. So I share that it's kind of funny and it's kind of not. Um, but I share it because I like a lot of too many families, parents, they keep their kids at home and they have their professional life. Bring your kids to work. Do your kids even know what you do? Do they even know what any, how the world even works? So I could go on and on and tell stories because I, I, I've done it their whole lives. Yeah. There's kind of no and, and, a, and a phenomenal job you've done. I mean, I've met your daughter. So you have an amazing legacy and so few families, I think know the roadmap 
to yeah. raise their kids with the delayed gratification and the, and the even the risk understanding risk tolerance. And they don't, I think a lot of them struggle to even explain like, what is investing with yeah. a kid? Yeah. So yeah. if you can, and I know your book, we gotta, we gotta make sure that we, everyone here gets this book, make your kids a millionaire. Like the, and the new one, like we got to get everyone this information. And and this has, if you go, you can get it on Amazon cheaper, but when you go here, I'll autograph it. And then I still have my $1,500 bonuses. So like when my okay. kids were three and four, I did the never pay your kids an allowance because I wasn't going to pay them allowance. So age appropriate tasks. So it's very similar. I mean, when I, that's when we met, I was like, oh my gosh, we're like a match made in heaven. Cause you have gigs and mission. I call the tasks. I said, so what tasks are you going to do? You have things you have to do because you live in the house expectations. And now, you know, call the task missions and gigs. What are you going to do? And age appropriate, they still do it to this day. So they designed their monthly income since they were three and four years old. You say, well, what did they do? Well, Logan had a little smoothie stand. My daughter made these little paper wallets. So just like your um, holiday gift baskets and, you know, that, that you shared, I mean, all like just involve them in the money. The one thing I did on investing, though, that was very different, I think, and still to this day is aggressive, is I put my kids when they were born employed inside one of my LLCs for real estate. So I employed my kids. I paid them enough between zero and seven and they were models. So you register them at the online modeling agency. And then we actually do corporate calendars. So we proved it. And then my kids are in every book. So they are corporate models. I use little pictures all the time. But my point is then here, you can imagine after 18 years, now they're an adult. So guess what Logan got when he's 18 years old, an 18 year old financially mature LLC for his birthday that already had stacked I mean, we already had over a quarter million dollars of credit lines. So he could immediately go into his own real estate investing. So it's very aggressive, but each kid has their own LLC and they operated as a child inside of it. So that's why I took them on business trips. And the biggest thing I did for the delayed gratification, which drives people nuts. And I do a lot of pro bono work, tons of pro bono work for the NCAA, a lot of D1 schools is um, get them incorporated. Because that NIL money is going straight into their bank account and straight to taxes. But my point is, like, when the kids learn to live corporate life, and that's how you live too, right? And even if you have a job, you can still do any of this. You can put your real estate investing or put a, you know, even a direct sales company. If you want to do something smaller, just put a send out card, whatever you want to put, put a, put a small company in there. But that that was enormous for the kids to walk into their 18. And I do have, I mean, generational wealth has always been my goal. And I want to talk a little bit about the legacy, you know, and the what, what really creates that legacy is raising them. Like your most prim, prime years for those kids and their subconscious mind and all that learning environment is really zero to eight. I mean, that's when you really embed, you know, your language patterns and all of that. So learning to invest in a Roth IRA. So I was going to go back to that. So I paid my kids enough zero to seven, just enough to fund an entire Roth per year. So they were employed, they had a Roth at zero. And so you can imagine now my son's 24 and what he's done with that Roth. And he can't have it. He can't have it. The football players, they always get the football players to get a Roth. And they said, yeah, but Miss Laurel, I can't touch that money till my 60s. I said, that's the point. Because <laughs> most of you don't have good behavior. You want to make, spend, make, spend. You want to learn to make, invest. The pattern of, of wealthy, successful legacy families is you make and invest money. You'll spend, you're going to be spending. That's just obvious. How you spend is different because if you live in a company, there are deductions. If you live personally, they're not deductions. So I taught, I teach corporate life to families, how to live corporate life, how to put those companies in really early. I'm also, you know, when it comes to investing, the Roth IRA 
I let them have, you know, view access. They go on, we put in iFlip accounts. So I actually have a little link for gifts and stuff I can put in a chat somewhere here. Yeah, throw that in. I want to make sure everybody gets those. So I have I have uh, tickets to this Live Corporate Life uh, little, little event I do. It teaches you how to li live corporate life. I have a ebook copy in my Millionaire Maker book and iFlip link. I have all sorts of goodies for you guys. Um, so where's my little chat on here? How do you chat in here? That's why we love Laurel. It's Christmas. It's it holidays. And she's just dropping bombs on everybody as well as $1,500 worth of gifts for you guys for being a part of our community. Yes. Yeah, throw, throw that in the chat, <clears throat> but I'll, I'll say this too. Not once have I heard in any of Laurel's comments that she set up all this money for her kids to get at 18. Oh, 42. She set this up. 42. Yeah, she's setting this up to prepare the kids for investing. Yes. She's setting this up to prepare the kids for a continued delayed gratification mindset. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and then, so when they when they think about investing, it's, you know, so here's the, the, the easiest activity, and kids can do it as young as five, is pull out a compounding calculator. And I do this with a lot of, you know, kids, football players. I mean, believe it or not, the reason I went to, to teach football players is my son called me when he turned 21 and he said, mom, because you started going to the bars, right? He's like, mom, these kids, like they run around with debit cards. They don't even understand why to use a credit card and how that's going to help them. I mean, you can use both, but why aren't you using more of a credit card? And literally, Scott, they didn't even know what investing was. They didn't know what a Roth was. They didn't know compounding power of interest. So I had them all pull out a calculator. So like, like, you know, compounding interest 101, right? And I always challenge, you know, can you make the rule 72 instead of seven years, five years? And you do that by by better compounding, better investing choices. So I just said, you know, pull out a compounding power, you know, ca calculator and put in $500. Let's just start with 500. So you put 500 in. I said, let's just do a simple 10% for 20 years. What's that make you? Now let's go to 12%. What does that make you? Now let's go to 15%. Now, if you added hundred a month or 200 a month, what does that get you? And I have them write it down because there's also something about integration and learning that this little typing thing and this little things uh, doesn't do. Like behaviorally, your brain registers better. I've done a lot of adult learning theory. I know Scott and Travis, you guys have too. But when you write, right, and you actually, it, it actually is more in your DNA. I know it sounds very odd, but it's true. And our kids have forgotten how to write because you take their tests online and everything. So you write it down. I said, so I want you to write down your formulas. I want you to write down, you start with $500. You're going to add 100 a month. What's the difference to adding 100 a month at 10% versus 200 a month at 10%? Map that out, then map out, add 500 a month. So first you want to get them excited about the amount of money that a little bit of money done over 20, 30, 40 years is going to make them a millionaire. It's like you literally can be a millionaire in a Roth IRA if you just contribute fully and invested at 12% for 20 years. You can make your kids millionaires. Like it is not difficult. It's just very different. And it's the behavior of that. I want that later. So yes, I get life now and I get life later. So I always had that. And so what do you want later? And then one of the activities I just want to share with people that because we're coming into it is at the end of every year, when Logan was first like three and four, I wanted to teach him values and goals. And well, how do you do that as a parent? So he loved Christmas stockings. He's like, mommy, we can't take all of our decorations down. So I cut out Christmas stocking shape, like a shape on a, like a little piece of cardboard, not cardboard, but like, you know, cardstock. And we drew a line down the middle. And I said, so down the one side, and I wrote for him at that time. And I said, what were you excited about this year, right? You learned to do whatever, swim or learn to bike or like just little things, but accomplishments of the year on one side. 
And then I said, you know, in this case, we'd put 2024. What do you want to look forward to? What are your goals this year? What do you want to learn personally? Um, you know, do what sports do you want to learn? Like, what do you want to do? I mean, how many times you want to go home and see grandma? How many times you want to go ski? Like, what do you want? So in the beginning, it was more fun things. But as adults, like even my daughter said the other day, because Logan's, you know, now engaged. So he's going to be in uh, Georgia for this first Christmas without him. She said, well, when are we going to do our stockings? We have to do our goal stockings and our value stockings. So it is a ritual of our kids. And they have the history of their entire growing up of what they accomplished and what they want. And so this year we'll go back and say, okay, what'd you do in 23? And we'll set 24. And it's going to be, it'll, it'll be a generational thing forever. So my kids have like, they have to know goal setting. So part of investing is goal setting. And I'm going to move to another topic of it that is called money rules. What are your money rules? Because I saw so many kids invest in crypto and NFTs and a whole bunch of stuff. They had no idea because they only had $100,000, $500,000 to invest. And they were blowing it. Yeah. And they didn't keep their wallets. Mm -hmm. They didn't know how to track their wallets. And the parents weren't involved. So here these kids are making money, blowing their money. And, and I'm a huge fan, but I did our crypto in our Roth IRA. So I bought Bitcoin at you know, 4,000, 8,000, 9,000. And then when it hit the eighties, we sold off a bunch. So we, we taught them, you know, I told them, I said, so what percent do you want to sell off while you're at the hype, you know, buy low, sell high. So you teach the basic principles, but you do it in demonstration of real things. So gravy stack provides that opportunity. I flip provides that opportunity. So they're like, well, we don't know. So I called Kelly, you know, the, the designer of iFlip. I said, so Kelly, talk to my kids. What do you think is a good appropriate money rule about a sell-off when you're at the height of a market? And he said, well, my rule is 20%. So then we just took that number and we started playing with, well, if we sold off 20%, what would you make on your Bitcoin? If you sold off 30%, what would you make? And then when do you buy back in? So you use just real life activities when they're present to you, which is like, well, I love we're doing these calls for Gravestack out here weekly because things change all the time. I mean, the economy changes, rules change. But investing has to come in early. I mean, the pattern I think Scott and Travis is in all of you is teach them, which is why I love Greg Stack, is to make and invest. You got to put money away. And then the compounding calculator is the simple tool I used over and over when they wanted to fight about, you know, and say, I don't want you long to spend it. And then uh, let's talk about spending. <laughs> uh, you know, if, if there's something that they wanted or and I was not in agreement, then it's, 50, it's minimum 50-50. But they never got to touch their asset account ever. You can't touch it. I call it a wealth account. You cannot touch it. You can't go borrow from it. You can't, you, you got to leave it. Now, older Logan can go borrow from it, but that's money that's put away for later in life and it's still compounding. So you just got to show them the numbers. And again, you got to be with them. You can't just give them the assignment, go to your room and do this. No, you sit with them and you spend the time with them. It takes time to do this. And I think that's what a lot of people are shocked about. It takes yeah. some purpose and time. Yeah. You got to be intentional and proactive or else they won't, you know, like, I was just talking with um, one of these, one of the other top influencers in this space of investing, and they were just having a nightmare because the Gen Z right now is getting tricked. Like by and large, they're getting tricked on these like scam accounts yep. that are like, "Hey, this crypto, this token, this get rich stock, day trade this." Like they, and then they may make some quick money, but inevitably they're going to lose it all. Yeah. Well, and, and then Forex scams. I mean, the Forex scams are all over the place and the kids, because yep. they don't have a lot of money. So they get excited about it. That's why I love iFlip because it's an algorithm that's going to take you in under the market. It's not robotic. 
and it's not an auto trader. It's not those, but it's similar, but it's algorithmically designed by one of the most genius men I know um, that will take you in and out of the market. So when people lost 30% in the market, you know, me and my kids, we only lost two, 2.75. We never lost more than 3% because it pulls you out of the market, but the kids can still go in. And to your point, like, well, how do you get them to start investing? Well, when you get an iFlip account, it's free in the beginning, you can start for 50 bucks. And then I, you know, the, the obvious thing is to say, well, what do you use, right? Do you use a Samsung? Do you use Apple? You, you know, use Google, do you use Zoom? So there's tech stocks, there's gas, there's uh, what's called red, red oil stocks, which are for gas and oil. There's all sorts of different industries that you can, you know, invest in. So even if you put $10, $15, the kids get a pick. Um, now, I don't let them do it alone until later. Now, I mean, Logan's become quite the little trader on his own, but Tristan still, we just view and then she, you know, can move move her money a little bit, but not as not as much. I don't give them full authority. So it's very active parenting, I gotta tell you. But between wow. the stock market using iFlip, because it's a safer way for them to learn, but they also have a cryptocurrency uh algorithms. So you can still pick, but then be in and out and not have to worry about a wallet. So you might not make as much, but I can tell you those wallets are getting lost by all those Gen Z kids. I don't know how many don't you wonder, you guys, how much is just sitting out there? And lost in wallets that are unrecoverable. It's crazy. It's crazy. That mask is probably making a fortune <laughs> because all yeah. those kids are left behind. Yeah. Laurel, would could you explain and Inga asked this if you're starting off just for the first time with your kids to invest? So we talked about a Roth IRA, but yeah, specifically investments. Hey, I'm gonna open a Roth. You know, Roth's kind of like a bucket, and then inside the Roth, we can invest whatever we want. You mentioned iFoot, but what are like two or three kind of mm -hmm. um fairly, you know, say kind of to get started investments that you would, you would invest for kids? No, that's a great question. So um, I definitely would do iFlip. So here's the thing with iFlip, a Roth is a qualified plan. So each kid, like my kids have a personal account that they can put their extra money in. Um, Cause I do this thing called a car account as well from 10 to 16, all the money that they additionally save in addition to their 50%. Cause my rule with my kids until they're 18 is 50% of what they earn goes into their investing account. And so that might be aggressive, but I was like, that's what we're going to do. And so they had 50 to play with, whether that's do some charity. Um, but it, with charity, we do money. But again, I like behavior. So we would go adopt a family. We would bring them over for Christmas. I mean, we we do very t tangible in the streets things with people is a different way to do it. Um, but then uh, I, I inside your Roth. So you have a personal account and you have a Roth that has uh, an iFlip account. So my kids have two accounts, one personal and one for their Roth. So that inside the Roth, they can invest. And again, inside the iFlip, it's what do you like? What are you using? What do you what do you know about? So then you just kind of look through the smart folio. So that's an easy one. And it's free to start. Um, your first investments only has to be 50 bucks. And then again, I'm a huge real estate fan. So for the parents who don't have any, um, I would have them get excited about saving for one, you know, and putting some money away for one. Um, and it, like right now, Logan's buying his first house. And I said, you mean duplex, fourplex? <laughs> so you're going to buy doors. You don't have kids. You don't need a home. <laughs> a wife, and or soon to be wife, and you guys are going to move. You're so so the and FHA gives them those loans. So what's fun is he looks back and he said, you know, I sometimes did not like you because you made me put all that money away, but he's got enough money for a down payment. Um, but kids can be part of that. Um, other really stocks, the easy one, crypto, some easy ones. Um, 
I do more goal setting when they're younger, Travis, if the money's not there. But I also, what I, here's what I noticed about investing in income. So in, I always say the two eyes, income and investing, is if you don't have the money to start investing, because some of the, you know, the, the basic stuff is a little bit higher, you've got to have, you know, more minimums to invest, then get motivated about making more money to put more money away so you can buy that first whatever it is. Um, one thing I have done, because our community is very tight, as you guys both know, is a lot of our kids of the parents have gone together in their teens and bought like a, a, their first property together. So I know like in the Missouri, Kansas market, there's 10 families that went together and the teens owned it under one LLC. Obviously, parents help guide it. But that way, each kid with their Roth only had to put in 5000 So then 10 families came up with 50000 to do the down payment and the kids own the house. In theory, the parents do, you know, so that's the thing about money and investing legally, you have to be in control of it until they're 18 years old. Uh, and if you have banks that have a lot of banks don't give custodian accounts. I don't know if you guys have run into that. That's why I also have gravy stack. Um, but you, you do need to have multiple accounts for the kids. So I always head towards very tangible things for investing and then goal setting inside of it. But for the most part, Travis, in the early years, it's I flip and put it, you know, money into stocks and uh, cryptos. Did you ever That's have great. any, did you ever, any, uh, yeah, we, I want to go to questions. Cause I know let's start put, putting like raise hands and any questions you guys have. Like I want to have a, a discussion with a lot of the audience here, but did you ever have pushback on the kids or they're like, why are we doing this? Like, why are we practicing for the future? Like what I'm just trying to figure out today. I like gaming. I want sports. I like my friends. Why do I care about 20 years from now? Well, I'll worry about that later. Cause I know we get that question a lot when it comes to kids. And so how would you answer that? Or did you have that issue? Or you, obviously the families you coach, you know, like, can you they walk that? that issue? And the later you start, the harder it is. The later you start, the harder it is because you didn't instill all those principles and the values and the goal setting. So we go back to, you know, goal setting, what kind of life do they want to live? Um, an early principle, which just sounds really harsh, but one of my, my like best mentors gave me this line. He said, you know what you need to teach your kids? Mom has money. You don't. So I can choose to give it to you. I can choose to not give it to you. So you behave the way our families has a values and mission. So you grow them up in a set of values. And I mean, my kids were doing values at five and six years old. Now they, at young ages, they change over time, but you know, you really instill that. So I didn't get a lot of pushback. Um, and when they did do a little bit of it, um, you know, I would just go back to their goals. What do you want? What do you want in the future? Like, this is my real estate. If you want to inherit, you have to like, you have to be responsible. And then I also have this saying is if you can't be responsible for a little, how are you ever going to be responsible for a lot? It's not going to get delivered to you. Asking you shall receive is, is, is a true thing. <laughs> Asking you shall receive. If you can't receive and manage a little bit, you're not getting a lot. So if you want to make a big impact and you want to do stuff. So I've also raised my kids. John D. Martini was my greatest, well, believe me, amazing parent mentor. You know, he would tell my kids with me present because we, we would do it as a family. He said, you know, everyone was born masters, but most people choose mediocrity. He said, so if you're going to live a masterful life and make a difference in lives, you have to live as a master of your life. And, and a lot of that comes with delayed gratification. It's not today. Like I wasn't a bestseller until I was what, almost 40. Like it, it takes a while. So mm -hmm. you just use examples. I use a lot of stories. And then if they really want it, cause my kids are very logical, I would go back to the compound. I would go back to the compound and calculator. So do you want to, you know, just turn every month and wonder where your money's coming from? Or do you want to like really, you know, build something and then have a legacy and have like, what do you want? So I brought those conversations in really early. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs>
Thanks for listening to the Real Money Talks podcast. Your host has been Laurel Langmire, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View. Want to learn more about off-Wall Street investing, tax strategies, and multi-million dollar business strategies? Visit liveoutloud.com slash podcast for past episodes, show notes, and resources. For some special wealth building gifts only for Laurel's podcast listeners, visit liveoutloud.com slash podcast gifts. Do you have a burning question for Laurel? Visit asklaurel.com to submit your question, and it may just be covered on a podcast episode. So stay tuned and be sure to subscribe to get new episodes every week.